Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, SFFYA listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future our new bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not quite enough to cover all of the books we want to talk about. I'm Jen Northington, and today is July 3rd, and we're going to talk about non-gloomy futures. But before we get into the book recommendations, I just want to pause and thank you all so much for listening to the show in the first place, and to ask that if you do like what you hear when you listen, that you share the podcast on your own social media with friends and family, maybe even your arch nemesis if you think they'll like the show. And if you do shout us out on social media, Please do tag us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Book Riot so that we can thank you. We love hearing from our listeners so much and really appreciate your support and spreading the word about us. And now back to the show. Recently, we did an SFFIA episode around the various punk genres of sci-fi and fantasy, and I picked solar punk as one of mine to talk about because I love the idea of optimistic and sustainable tech future writing. I feel like there's so much doom and gloom in the world and also in sci-fi and fantasy about the futures. They're often bleak. You would never want to live there. It just doesn't give us a lot of hope. And then there are things like Star Trek or the Wayfarer series by Becky Chambers that are much more optimistic and give us a world where you can have adventures and struggle, but everything is not doom and gloom all the time. And it made me want to talk a little bit more about some favorite books that give us visions of the future that are on the more optimistic side. The first book I want to tell you about is one that I first read as a teenager. It is Earth by David Brin, and it was published in 1990. So that means that this book was written in the 80s, which is fascinating because it has so much of technology and internet in it. And I've been rereading it in preparation for this show. And I was so surprised at how current it still feels. Bryn really understood the spirit of the early internet and the way that he portrays it in this book just feels totally realistic and relatively accurate. It's fascinating. The book is about a scientist. Well, the book has a lot of characters, but one of them is a scientist who was working on generating energy from black holes. And whoops, a thing happened. And now maybe there's a black hole in the Earth's core and the whole planet is going to be destroyed. Not a great story. (laughs) And what's interesting about this Earth is that it's a near future of our recognizable Earth in which everything is not fixed. Humanity is still 
coping with the problems of climate change and pollution and the fallout from all of those things. And there are species going extinct and they're trying to save others. But they've found workable ways to keep things going. They're feeding the population. There have been shifts in society and culture that have made sustainable technologies more workable and popular. And it's a world that I do feel like I could live in without being just completely destroyed within the first five minutes, unlike a lot of the dystopian futures that I can think of in sci-fi and fantasy. And the cast of characters is so good in this. One of my all-time favorites is Teresa, who's an astronaut, and she has this hypersensitive sense of direction where uh, and orientation, so north, south, east, west, up, down, etc., that has served her very well. She's a space shuttle pilot and astronaut, as I mentioned, and this has you know, made her super good at her job. Also, is sort of distracting for her in other circumstances, and she is such a fascinating character. She has such a cool arc. Totally gets to save the day more than once. There are also a lot of other narrators, including persons of color. One of the main characters who I also love is a Maori, like, billionaire geologist. And I mentioned that David Brin gives a lot of sort of internet context for this book. What I mean by that is that each chapter is interspersed with little extra materials. So, you know, a conversation from a listserv or an article, or in a lot of cases, some Maori myths and legends or other folklore. So there's little bits of extra content that really contribute to the world building. And I do think it's possible that some readers would find this appropriative. I don't know how to speak to it. I'm white and David Brin is white. And it seems to me that his his portrayal of people of color and traditions of color in the book are respectful, but I cannot speak to that 100%. In any case, if you can get past the bits of it that are dated and a little bit weird, I think it's a really interesting book. My reread has made me just want to keep reading it all over again. And I think I can see the huge impact it made on me as a kid because this future feels possible in a way that I find very reassuring now and found very reassuring then. And it also has a big hefty dose of perspective about humanity's place in this whole universe. There's a character, an aging scientist, who's really also amazing. And she's, you know, very iconoclastic and always throwing stones at sacred cows. And she has this little lecture where she talks about how even if humanity does wipe itself out, the earth will still be here, assuming the black hole doesn't eat everybody. And that in, you know, a couple other millennia, like another species may get a chance at running the show. And that was such an interesting perspective to me. I had never thought about humanity in the context of geologic and universal time. And I know that sounds a little bleak, but I find it weirdly reassuring. And you might too. So in any case, that is Earth by David Britton from 1990. Just so hard to believe that that's when that book was written so long ago. All right, for my fantasy pick for a future I would not hate living in, it's Non-Zero Probabilities, which is actually a short story by N.K. Jemisin. You can read it online at Clark's World magazine. It's also in her newest short story collection, How Long Till Black Future Month. So you have some options. There's also an audio version available at Clark's World. Lots of options here. And this was a 2009 Nebula Award nominee and a 2010 Hugo Award nominee. So... It's good stuff. And, you know, a little more recent than 1990, but still 10 years ago, which 
sort of boggles my mind that the story is 10 years old. And it's about a woman named Adele who lives in a city. I think it feels very New York to me, but I'm not sure it's named. Oh, it is New York. Yes, it's New York. Uh, and she, in this world, this sort of future New York, superstitions have become real. Every, like, prayers get answered. Lucky rabbit's feet work. If you walk under a ladder, something bad is maybe going to happen to you. So all of superstition and myth and religion has actually a direct, noticeable, countable effect on your daily life, which is kind of at first blush terrifying, right? Because like if a black cat crosses your path or you do accidentally walk under a ladder or break a mirror, like you're in for it. But also, you know, you've got a lucky rabbit and you've got maybe some beads that are your lucky charm or whatever. Like there are things that, you know, can help you counteract it, but it's still really complicated. And Adele is trying to figure out how to exist in this world, how to date in this world. Like her problems are very everyday. It's not, you know, big sweeping adventure, life and death, save the king or queen or find the sword or whatever. Like it's just what is life like on a day-to-day -day basis if you live in a world where superstitions and myth and and are real and prayers get answered, sometimes not in the way that you had hoped. And I love that this story starts out on sort of a whimsical note, gets a little bit darker, and then ends on an optimistic note. It's a real journey. And I just felt so swept away by this vision. And again, like there's so few futures or alternate realities in sci-fi and fantasy that I would actually want to be in. And this one was just so interesting to me. I just loved the way that Jemison brought these little bitty details to life and really thought through how the minutiae of like cooking or going to work or, uh, you know, getting an ice cream, like how all of that would work in this different kind of world. So the world building is, you know, it's bigger on the inside, much like the TARDIS. The world building is so big in this, you know, little short story. It's really an amazing feat. So again, that is Non-Zero Probabilities by N.K. Jemison. And then I wanted to give you two more options because, again, two books is not very much, especially when one of them is shorter. But I haven't gotten to read them yet. So these are on spec, but they look super interesting. I'm super excited about them. The first is called Shine, an anthology of optimistic science fiction. It was published in 2010, so around 10 years old. And the editor, Jetsa DeVries, has put together an amazing contributor list. It includes Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. Elliot de Bedard, who we know I love so much. Madeline Ashby is in here. Livy Tidhar. Like this, this lineup is just fantastic. It's really impressive. And it is all organized around how things can change for the better. And that doesn't mean there aren't gritty stories or st stories of struggle. It just means that these are futures that might not suck. <laughs> and I'm so interested in that. So again, from my TBR, that's Shine, an anthology of optimistic science fiction. And then a book that is so new, y'all. I know this is called Backlist to the Future, but it is a book that is on my TBR. I'm really excited for it. It came out in April of this year. And it's A People's Future of the United States, Speculative Fiction from 25 Extraordinary Writers. And Victor Laval and John Joseph Adams are the editors. Obviously, that's amazing. Charlie Jane Anders is in this. Maria Devana Headley. Malka Older. 
Ashok K. Banker, Tananarev Du, Amar El Akkad, Daniel Jose Alder. Like, I just can't. There's so many names. And Kate Jemison is in here. Uh, Catherine Valente, Alice Sola Kim. Like, there's amazing, amazing, amazing writers in this collection. And I just love the tagline, first of all. What if America's founding ideas finally became reality? Like, yes, give me all of those visions of the future in which specifically America does not go to hell in a handbasket and in fact gets better. Like I'm here for that. I feel like we all need that in our lives. And if you like me have not gotten on this already, it is time for all of us to pick up our copy. And again, that's a people's future of the United States and it's speculative fiction from 25 extraordinary writers. So exciting. And that's my little tidbit on non-gloomy futures. I hope we get lots and lots more of them in the future. Maybe someday we'll have a whole episode around this. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. As always, you can email us at sffyeah at bookriot.com. Leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or hit us up on social media. And you can find me in particular on Twitter as Jen IRL, Jen with two N's, IRL, and on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. Happy reading. Happy reading.